Anybody up for a story? (laughs) You know, I debated whether to wear my swim trunks in, but I was like, nobody needs to see that on a Sunday morning, (laughs) ever, or pretty much any other morning. My wife's going, amen, hallelujah. (laughs) Get Adam's notes out of here. That Adam Ping, is he an awesome guy or what? I'm serious. I want to do that with my hair. Is that cool? I was like, I can't pull that off. In fact, I was going to come in with swim trunks and a do-rag because I wore the, I usually wear the do-rag so I don't burn my scalp when I'm on. And I'm like, that'll just mess up my hair for the rest of the day. And you know, no one needs that, right? Well, hi, I'm Tony and I'm one of the pastors here. If you don't know me, I'm sorry. God bless you. If you do know me, I'm even more sorry. God bless you. But as you know, if you've heard me uh, teach before, you know I like to tell stories. And Jesus was a storyteller. Jesus would, would tell a story called a parable, which is a fancy way of saying story. And he would take everyday objects and everyday things. He's hanging out with farmers and he'd say, he'd say you know, the kingdom of heaven is like a farmer that goes out and spreads some seed. And the farmers would go, wait a minute, I get that. I've, I've spread seed. That makes sense, Right. And, uh, and so I like telling stories because frankly, I'm not the brightest guy in the world. I need a good story to help me figure some stuff out. And so, uh, in case you haven't guessed it today, the story is going to be about canoeing. If the person next to you didn't get it, help them out. Alrighty. Well, last time I, I was able to have the privilege of teaching, I, I talked about uh, being on the side of a mountain. Y'all remember that? Well, thankfully, rivers don't happen on the top of mountains. So canoeing's okay with me. And, uh, and you might remember uh, the guys uh, I talked about on the mountain, uh, Tim, Fred, and Earl. Like, like, like you can make that stuff up. Went on, a, went on a mountain trip with Tim, Fred, and Earl. It's like a bad movie just waiting to happen. It was a bad something waiting to happen, let me tell you what. But I'll tell you, I'm blessed here because my, my friend Earl is, is sitting right there. So... And uh, I'll tell you what, guys and, and gals, if you don't know this and if you don't have this, find yourself a good brother or sister in the Lord who will encourage you and love you and help you off the mountain when you are just scared to death. Uh, of course, he was one of the ones that got me up on the mountain, too, but I love you. And I do love you, brother. Wow, it's bright in here. Well, uh, hey, today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what God's will is for our life. Have you ever heard that term? Has anybody ever said that? What do you think God's will is for your life? I mean, will, what does that mean? Is that like when he dies, he's going to leave me stuff? Or, I mean, he's God, he doesn't die, right? But it's simply put as just his, his plan for your life, what he has planned out for you to do. You know, see, God can see not only now, but he can see in the past and he can see in the future. And he, believe it or not, knows what's best for us every day of the week. He knows what's best for us today, tomorrow, and in 2023, 10 years from now. And he loves us. And if you're a parent, you've probably made plans for your children. You've probably, before they were even out of the womb, thinking, yeah, we're going to send them to this school, we're going to send them to this high school, we're going to send them to OSU, play some football, hmm. right? 
Cribs all like in like scarlet and gray. Put that up, all right? And there are you people in there. Don't be like, oh, not me. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to put that down before I hurt myself. And, uh, and so we have plans. And just like that, only not as vain, uh, God has plans for us. But he can see in the future where we just kind of do our best with the kids, right? We just kind of do our best and we help them get along in life. God knows. God knows what's going to happen. And it's like one of those times, I don't know if you've ever been there or thought about it. I'm weird. I think about stuff too much probably. Where you're on the highway and you are just in a crazy traffic jam, right? And you're going, why am I in this traffic jam? I need to get to work. And you're frustrated and you're angry and you're uh, and you're mad at the guy in front of you who, who won't move the three inches closer to the bumper of the guy in front of him so you can move three inches closer, right? Or, or you're in a little fender bender and you're like, oh, come on. And, and what we might not have seen is, you know, a mile down the road after that, there was a big old cement mixer that was just coming right through a red light. And maybe God saved us from that. Don't know. Maybe he didn't. But the point is, God knows. And I think there's going to be a lot of times in heaven where we're like, hey, God, remember that time you let me get in the fender bender? What was that about? And he's like, hey, I got something to show you. Let me show you. And he's got like this really cool projection TV set. And he's like, mm. and he shows you what would have happened. I think God saves us from a lot that we don't even know about. I mean, I know he has in my life. I know I am outrageously blessed. And he has saved me from all kinds of stupid stuff. Because of stupid stuff that I have done, he saved me from too. And I've done a lot of stupid stuff. Thank you. My friend just said amen. He's about ready to get his hanky out, start waving it. Yeah, yes. So I'd like to tell you, I'd like to start out and, uh, and, and help you with, with knowing God's will and knowing what can we do with it and uh, what's preventing us from doing anything with it. Let's pray. Gracious God, we just thank you for this morning. I pray that you would open up our ears and our hearts and our minds to hear what you would say this morning. Not not about me or anyone else, Lord, but about you and only you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to tell you this before I even start. My wife and I were talking the other day, and um, we've been here for a little over a year now, and we just absolutely love you. It, we, we really do. We, we are so privileged. I was telling my friend Earl this weekend as we were uh, doing some stuff to our new house, which, yes, we got a house finally after a year. A lot of you have been praying for that. Thank you so much for your prayers. God gave us the right house. And, uh, and that's good news and bad news because we do have a house. The bad news is we're here for like 30 years. So <laughs> people are like, oh, man, I'm going to have to try the Methodist church now. Okay. <laughs> But we feel very blessed to be a part of this, and we just love this family. We love each and every one of you. I hope you know that. So, okay, well, let's tell a story. So, as, as a lot of you know, who've uh, met me before, I was a youth pastor for an awful long time. And we used to do mission trips all the time. And uh, one of the mission trips we took was down, it was two years ago, down to uh, the lower south part of Kentucky and northern Tennessee in the Appalachian regions. 
right? And uh, we did a lot of work that week. We went down for a whole week. We built a, a deck for a lady who had some uh, physical issues and needed some, some place to kind of get out and things like that. We also had a, a family uh, who also had some physical needs that we were able to help in their homes and things like that. And it was a really cool thing. We worked with this great ministry called Confrontation Point, and uh, we worked with them for six years in a row, wonderful people. And part of the trip that they always do is they always give you a what they call their wilderness adventure sometime during the week. So you get a day off. I mean, God took a day off. We can take a day off, right? So we got we had a wilderness adventure day, and part of it was just to have a day off. Part of it was to appreciate God's amazing creation and see Him in the things He made. And so we've done that. We did the caving couple years, like several years before, and we had done the rock climbing. Yes, we did the rock climbing where you climb a mountain and you rappel off of it. I watched. It was wonderful. The kids had a great time. I am not kidding. I did not. Praise the Lord. Um, uh, We did that, and so I thought, let's go canoeing. What bad can happen in canoeing? Again, I've done dumb things in my life. One of those was asking that question. What can happen with canoeing? So we go down to this place called Big South Fork State Park. If you've never been there, it's right at the bottom of Kentucky. Beautiful place. In fact, there's a the river valley is just amazing. I mean, it's gorgeous. That picture can't do half of really what it looks like down there. It is just beautiful. It, it's, a, it's a good, inexpensive place to go for vacation. Go. It'll be a great time. Trust me. Go canoeing. It's a hoot. Maybe. Um, and so we went down, we took a great bunch of kids, a great bunch of teenagers uh, down, and we got all suited up. And notice everybody's got those like pretty, these are actually really nice. I borrowed this from Pastor Tom. And uh, everybody has those really nice yellow brand new life jackets. And, and we had a couple leaders over here on the right that had the orange ones. And they pulled this thing out from like, it was like a World War II surplus thing. You go, well, Pastor Tony, this is all we got left in your size. I... I'm not that big of a guy. Okay, so anyway, I put this thing on, and it's kind of chunky. It doesn't feel right. We'll get to that in a minute. And uh, all of a sudden, so we, we get out on the, on the river, right? It was a beautiful river. It was a beautiful day. What we didn't realize was they had, upstream, they had just released the dam. <laughs> it's, it's what I said. Uh, uh, they had just released the dam, and so as we're getting in the water, we learned that to even get by the first thing of rock, she had to actually paddle upstream and then come back around. Remember the thing I said about being in a little fender bender and not having the, the you know, concrete truck hit you? Thankfully, uh, my, my lovely wife Donna was on that trip, and our friend Jenny, uh, who was another one of our youth leaders, they got in, and within, I don't know, two, three minutes, four minutes maybe, they capsized in the, in the rapids right there. And, and Donna got out and went, I'm done. Smart woman. And, and so she and Jenny asked if they could, they could stay back. They're like, we just can't do this anymore. Uh, and it was Jenny, I think, that was trapped under the canoe, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, that's bad. You've never been canoeing. Okay. Um, and they got out. And this definitely was God's fender bender preventing them from the worst because... Uh, they were blessed enough not to go through what the rest of us went through. So it started out nice, beautiful river, right? And it was a great day, it was a gorgeous day. And as we came around this one bend, there was this giant rock 
Okay, doesn't look really big as it sticks out of my shoulder there, but it was tremendously big, and the, the waves were actually white capping. I mean, it was like really crazy. For a canoe, you know, it's not the most seaworthy vessel, right, especially in rough, rough waves. And so we're heading to this rock. That rock actually is about the size of a school bus laid on its side. Um, that's bad. So we're, we're riding these waves, and there's one little area that you can slip by and get past the rock. Three of our canoes made it. One of our canoes was back with Donna and Jenny, the smart ones. The other nine of us hit that rock and were pulled underneath in this like undertow vortex thing. Um, and and as, as we were, were pulled under, so, I mean, we just saw them going one after another right in front of us. And... Uh, I was in the front, there was a, a kid in the back, and, and a young lady, another teenager in the middle, who uh, had the waterproof camera, which is how we actually got these cool shots. And, and so I'd like to show you the video uh, of what happened here. If you didn't hear it, Katie, who was sitting right behind me, right before he hit the rock, she goes, oh, sweet Jesus, I love you. (laughs) Which was way better than what I was thinking. (laughs) I got to admit, look, we're all going to be real here, right? We're all going to be real. I was not thinking, oh, sweet Jesus, I love you. (laughs) Thankfully, Katie said it. It covered me. We were good. We hit that rock. I put my hands up, which was stupid, right? Like, I'm going to stop this, this careening canoe. I put, okay. And, and I'm like, if I could just deflect us, you know? Your mind doesn't work real quick when you're in these situations. My mind. Sorry, I don't mean to drag you in with me. Um, I put my hands up and tried deflecting us. And sure enough, man, we hit that rock hard. We went under. We popped up about 40 feet downstream. And, and I'm just yelling at the kids. Get over, get over to the shore, get over to the shore. And, uh, and the one kid's like, I need a water bottle. I'm like, go to the shore. You ever, you ever notice when God does stuff like that and you're like, I need a water bottle. And God's going, go to the shore, right? Never happens to anyone but me, I know. And, and I said, go to the shore. And so they did. They made it over the shore. Well, I'm not that bright. I don't take my own advice. I went, this canoe is probably like four, five, six hundred dollars, and it's not mine. I should be responsible for it. Yeah. I'm not, I, this is not the body of an Olympic swimmer, by the way. No. So I hold on to the canoe, and I'm trying to paddle it back in these like crazy waves. We're about nine, ten feet of water, so I can't even get down and touch and kind of move, you know? And I'm like, pfft. You know, it's just ridiculous. And I'm just paddling and paddling, swimming and swimming and trying to pull that canoe and everything. And, and I'm losing it. I am completely losing it. In fact, I got to the point where I was just completely out of gas. I'm done. And then my, my wonderful life jacket that I was telling you about, um, which are supposed to float, started taking on water, became about 10 pounds worth of water, became waterlogged. I'm pretty sure I saw that life jacket in an episode of MASH. And, and I'm going down. I mean, it's just dragging me down. The canoe, I'm holding on to that, going, okay, you know. And finally I just went, 
this is it, Jesus. I'm coming home. Honestly, I've, I've never thought that before. But I didn't only think it, I knew it. I'm like, this is it. I'm just done. I'm out of gas. And uh, it, was, it was horrible. It was scary, but it wasn't scary. You know, it was one of those things I was like, well, what else is she going to do, right? I mean, it, when you get to that point of desperation in your life, there comes a point where you just go, what else am I going to do? But call on the name of Jesus, right? Out of the corner of my eye, I saw a young lady named Hannah. Hannah was one of our, our students that had grown up in our ministry and had gone off to college, and she came back and came on the, on the canoe trip with us because she was a lifeguard, I'm a grown man, and for this tiny young lady, about yay big to come save my life, could be very humbling. You, I didn't care. <laughs> I didn't care, man, for all I... Send anybody. She came over and said... First thing she said to me, let go of the canoe. <laughs> oh! I let go of the canoe. Finally. And she grabbed my arm, and we kind of swam to the opposite shore. And then we're both grasping at the shore, and it's just mud. just coming off in our hands. And uh, we had to get from here to there. And there was very far away at that point. And uh, Hannah was in a canoe with a young lady named Anna. Work that one out. And Anna worked for the camp, and she also was a lifeguard she was also a, a, a 22-year-old young lady who was like this big around. And I'm going, y'all ain't going to haul me anywhere, man. I got some heft. And, and Hannah, uh, Hannah went and got the canoe and brought it over. And she says, get in the canoe and we'll take you back. And I could have saw and going, you know, I'm a guy. I really don't need it. Dude, I was in that canoe like that, man. I'm like, cool. And, and I did. So there's Anna, the, the, the young lady, and Hannah was behind me pushing. And those, those are my shoes I'm wearing today. I, I wore them today just because they were on the thing. They wash, I washed them. Donna washed them. One of us washed them. And they, they, they took me back to the other shore. And, of course, we were way downstream from where the kids were. And uh, Anna, Anna, we parked the, the canoe, and Anna said, you and Hannah go back. I'm going to go get the, the oars that are dropped. I said, Cool. And so we're walking back, and I'm talking to Hannah, and I said, okay, here's the deal, Hannah. We're gonna, this is the way we're going to play it. And it wasn't that I was trying to be macho. It wasn't much. It wasn't like I was trying to be too cool. But there comes a point when you're in charge, you have to exude a little bit of confidence, right? You know, you don't want anybody freaking out. Because a lot of the kids were in the same situation I was, and I didn't want to make it seem bigger than it was. So I walked back and I said, now Hannah, here, here's the way this is going to play out. We're going to get back there and I'm going to go, okay guys, let's just rally up. We'll be okay. Boom, I'm on the ground on my face. And I'm just covered in sand and gravel and I'm like, okay, I get it, Jesus. I'm not, I'm not good with humility. And I, and I, I washed myself off and I, and I, at that point I really, you know, really, it was, there comes a point where you need to be humble. There comes a point where, you, where you're desperate, God saves you, and you need to be willing to say, you know what, I made a dumb decision holding on to that boat, and God saved me. And it's about him, not me. And I walked over, and I sat with some of the kids. There were some of the kids that were just crying and hurting and in pain. I sat with them, put my arm around them, and we cried together and, and that. And uh, there, was one, there was one kid, a uh, freshman in high school, and one of our college students, 
Luke and this boy named Mase, and they're, they're, they actually not only got stuck on the rock, but they were stuck with their canoe under the rock, and this kid was really in shock. So we went and talked with him. We, we took some time. We prayed, and, and we never did. Actually, the, the canoe never showed up and, until about an hour later. We were eating lunch on the shore, and all of a sudden, I was like, whoop, and there's the canoe, and it's like, well, there's 500 bucks. Cool. Um, get my deposit back. And, um, but we sat, and we prayed, and we cried, and then we laughed. And it's so funny, the different perspective on things. We had some of us who were just in shock, who were terrified, who were scared. We had some of us who, look, teenage boys are a different breed. I'll just admit that right now. And the guys were like, that was the coolest thing ever. We got sucked under, almost died. It was the coolest thing. I'm like, come here, I want to show you my oar. (laughs) And it was powerful. And that's the way God's will works. That's the way our life with God can be. Let me explain what I mean. Because I don't want you to be scared of God by any means. I'm actually going to take this off because it's about 114 degrees in here. This is my mission trip t-shirt too I wore. Yay! You know, you just got to go with the costume all the way through. Unless it messes up your hair or shows your knees. God's will... Here's the four things we're going to talk about today. One, God's will is like that river. Two is we need to stop holding on to the things that are dragging us down, folks, if you take anything from today. Three is the hard times make for great stories. The Bible says you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and all the ends of the earth. Great stories. Four, where's the river taking me? Where am I going with God? What's preventing me from getting there? So number one is this, God's will. That thing we talked about earlier is like that river. And the first point of that is that the river is real. That river is real. God's will is real. We can deny it all we want. We could go to a river. We could stand on the edge of that river, put our backs to it, hold our hands on our ears, close our eyes and go, ah, and deny it's real. But guess what? The river's right there. And if it rains hard enough, you're going to realize that. You can feel the spray on your neck. And yet you sit there and deny it's real. But the cool thing is, it is real. And in fact, it's so real, it's very distinctive. In fact, survivalists, one of the things they learn is if you're lost out somewhere in the woods, listen for water. Because water will lead to life. Water, if you take it downhill, usually will lead you to a town or a village or something like that. So always listen to water and always go where the water's taking you. So it's important to realize that it's, the river's real. And the second point is that the river's beautiful. Just like God's will for our life. It's a beautiful thing. And you go, man, I'm messed up. I'm crazy. I'm weird. I'm whatever. Yeah, welcome to the club. But God's will is beautiful. And there's nothing like getting out in creation on that river and looking around and seeing God's majesty, his beauty. Uh, Romans 1 says that we see all of his unsurpassing power in the creation that he's given us. And we see the same thing in his will for us. The third thing is that the river is powerful. It didn't matter how I was paddling. I don't know if you noticed. I was paddling backwards, man. Paddling backwards doesn't work real well always, especially when you're like, Rrr! okay. The river's powerful. Sometimes it'll just take you where it needs to go. And we can try to swim upstream. We can try to paddle upstream. But the best thing we can do is just lay back and float with God. Just let him take control. It's so much easier. All right, cool. D, four. 
The river's unpredictable. Again, a little scary. Walking with God can be a little scary sometimes, guys. Did you know that? I hope I'm not telling you anything that's going to freak you out or scare you. Walking with God can be a little scary sometimes. But so can the river, and the river's fun. Oh, hey, there we go. Um, it's, that's, what, that's what makes part of that fun. That's why people go whitewater rafting in a raft, not a canoe. Uh, that's why people go whitewater rafting. That's why people go skydiving. That's why people go bungee jumping. There's a thrill to it. And you know what? There's a thrill to serving God because you don't always know what's around that next corner. But you do know if you're following God, it's going to be awesome. And it's going to be worth it. All right? Blessing comes on the other side of obedience. I think I heard that up here from the tall, bald dude. Number five, the river's living, and it leads to life. Remember those survivalists I talked about? You go where the river flows. You go where the water is. A, you need water to live. B, there's food usually in water, some kind of fish or whatever. And it always leads somewhere to life. So just like God's will, it's food for our soul. We need it. We need to follow God, man. And it's exciting. Second part is this. We need to stop holding on to the things that drag us down. You darn canoe. You almost killed me. Actually, this is a much nicer canoe. This one's got like cup holders and a cooler. But I held on to this thing like crazy. And it almost killed me. And we do this in life all the time. And you know what? This canoe, that canoe, not a bad thing. Kind of nice, especially if you're going to be out on the river canoeing. Kind of a necessity for canoeing, right? Not a bad thing. In fact, my intentions were even pretty good. Hey, this isn't my canoe. I'm responsible for it. I should bring it in. But the greater thing was the river's taking you down. So some of the things that we hold on can be very bad for us. But some of them are the things that are good that we sacrifice because we don't want the great or we're afraid of the great. I know I'm getting ahead of ourselves. Sorry, Bob. Bob's like keeping up with the PowerPoint. I don't know which point he's on. But uh, the stuff in our lives we know is not good for us. The rebellion against God saying, you know what? God, I know I'm supposed to do it this way, but I don't like that. I want to do it my way. God, I know the Bible says I should live like this, but that, that kind of cramps my style. I'm not, I'm not being judgmental. I'm just telling you what the, what the Bible's saying. And, and that's between you and God. Please hear that. I'm not judging anyone here. This has got to be, it's a vertical relationship. It's between us and God, just like it's between me and God. Three is this, even the things that have good intentions or seem okay can drag us down, like that canoe I just told you about. The fourth is this, uh, we need to let go and float. Yeah, anybody here uh, like roller coasters? Okay, cool. Or any rides. You ever go to like Cedar Point or Kings Island or something? You walk around, you spend like an hour and a half in line for like a, a minute and a half ride where you get to throw up on yourself. <laughs> it's great fun. And you pay to do it too. That's the best part, right? You know, there's some, I don't like roller coasters, in case you couldn't tell. Um, you guys are like, man, you're kind of dull. You like fall off mountains, you fall out of canoes, and you don't like roller coasters. Why are you living, man? Um, life is the greatest adventure, let me tell you. The best part about a roller coaster is you are not in control. There's some, there's, think about this. There's some like 15 and a half year old high school student pulling that lever. And you're going 70 miles per hour up and down turns like this, right? Enjoy your trip to Cedar Point next week. 
But the part is, if you get in that roller coaster and you white knuckle it on that bar like this the whole time, are you enjoying yourself? Nah, it's when you let go. Any any ride. I like some of the other rides that spin you around and stuff. Those are fun. Uh, stuff you don't fall out of, good thing. But roller coaster is not my deal. But you get to let go and someone else takes control. If you let go of that canoe and you let the river take you, if you let go of that thing that's holding you and weighing you down and you let God take you, it's so much more fun. If there's such a freedom there of going, you know what, God, I don't know why this is happening. I don't know what's going on, but I know you love me and you want the absolute best for me. So I'll trust you in it. I'll trust you in that. And that's hard. That is not something that's very easy, and I don't mean to make it seem that way. It's very difficult. Um, if you don't believe that, there's a book in the Bible. I'm actually going to skip ahead a little here, Bob, so just hang with me. There's a book in the Bible called Job. looks an awful lot like Job. Okay? There's a book in the Bible called Job. I encourage you to read it. It's an amazing story about this guy that lived a couple thousand years, a few thousand years ago. And crazy stuff was happening to him. He lost everything. Now, this guy was wealthy, and he had everything. He had cattle. He had sheep. He had a great family. His kids were successful. They went to the best colleges. He had the Mercedes chariot. It was awesome. And everything was taken from him. Everything was taken from him. And, And I love his response in Job. He says this, at this, at all, everything that had happened to him, Job, Job, Job. It's been a long morning. Job got up. He tore his robe and he shaved his head. Understand this, in that culture, this is not anger. This is humility. He didn't get up and go, I'm so mad at God. He goes, God humbles me. He got up. He tore his robe. He shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. And in all this, Job did not sin by charging God with any wrongdoing. In all this, he didn't charge God in wrongdoing. In in other words, when adversity hit him, when, when the river got rough for Job, he didn't go, God, why are you doing this to me? He goes, I love you, God. I know, you, I, I know I'm in your hands. You've taken everything I have. But you're still God. That is not easy to do. That is not easy to do. That comes from hard work and, and a wonderful relationship with God. And I just encourage you, if you don't have that, to get that. To spend time with God. If you need to know about that, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But this is all part of my third point, which is that the hard times always make the best stories. And they really do. Have you ever noticed that a really good movie, like an epic movie, like Chronicles of Narnia or anything like that, Lord of the Rings, something like that, always has a challenge to overcome, right? There's always something crazy happening, like a whole like thing of orcs coming your way, right? That's what makes life worth living. If we don't have battles, it just... It's stale. It's, it's tasteless. I like a little spice every once in a while. Think about Job, though. For thousands of years, thousands of years, millions and millions of people have read Job's story and been inspired. They've looked at it and go, man, if, if Job can get through that, maybe I can get through this. 
No. It's a great story. Please read it. It's very good. If you go to open up your book, open your Bible right in the center. If you don't have a Bible, come see me. I'll give you one. Open your Bible right in the center. Should come up in a psalm. Take a left from there. Job's right there, okay? It's awesome. But uh, everyone has a story. That's the cool thing. You have a story. You have a story. You have a story. I have a story. We all have a story of overcoming something. And it may not be a Job thing. It may not be, I lost everything. Maybe it is. God came through for Job. Read the end of the chapter. It's really awesome. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's something small. Man, I I was so brokenhearted when this happened. Right? I have been so sick for this long. Somebody really hurt me. I've had cancer. Whatever your story is, you have a story, but we also have a greater God that's bigger than any of that. And he will share that story and he will walk that out with you if you just lean back and float. So here's the the real question here is this. Where will the river take me? Where are we going with this? It's great to get in the canoe, but where are we going? Right? So remember uh, remember the WWJD bracelets? Let's see if we have one up here. Bing! Remember that? What does that stand for? Anybody remember? What would Jesus do? Absolutely. And I'm going to tell you this today. Let's stop worrying about WWJD and worry about, bring that up for me, Bob, WIJD. Not what would Jesus do, but what is Jesus doing right now? Where is he taking us? Where is that river running? It's great to know where the river came from. It was nice to know that the dam had just been open, Right? But where are we going now? What's around the next corner? And the reason I say that is because this, even Jesus himself said this, you will do even greater things than I. Instead of going, what did Jesus do in this situation? Go, man, what would he do now? Where is he leading me to in in my story? And there were three responses to this. There are three responses to that river. And the first one's this, we can ignore it. Remember we talked about the guy with his back to the river. We just ignore it. It's not happening. The second thing is we can try to do it our way. We'll, we'll stick our canoe in the river and we'll paddle upstream until we are just out of breath. I've done it many times. I will confess that to you in front of all of you. It's even sometimes where we put our canoe in the river and go, okay, God, I don't know what you want for me, but I'm going to just go this way. Instead of sitting down going, God, what do you want for me? And, and, and understand this, part of knowing God's will is God has designed you a very specific way with special gifts and talents, special desires in your heart. And you maybe go, I don't know what God's will is. It's like, but you're so amazing with little children and you know them and you get down on their level and you speak to them and I watch you with them and they're great. Maybe that's God's will for your life to work with little children. Right? Sometimes God shows us and we just need to open up and and let go. Dive in. Float, let the river take you, okay? I'm going to have the band come up. And as they do, I want you to think about this. What's the canoe you're holding on to? What's the canoe you're holding on to? What's dragging you down? What's preventing you from just having that freedom of floating in the river? There's, there's something, I don't know. Maybe there's nothing. Maybe you're doing great. Maybe you're paddling along and life is good. Praise God. But what's holding you back? Is it pride? Is it an addiction? Is it hurt? Maybe someone hurt you and you're not willing to forgive them? 
Maybe you had a, a death in the family recently and you're just having a hard time dealing with that. Maybe someone just cheesed you off so bad that you just can't even look at them in the face anymore. You've got to get rid of that. That's not on them. That's, man, that's an anchor weighing you down. Let's forgive. Let's let it go. We've got to have some grace here, folks. But what's, what's holding you down? What's holding you back? What's the canoe that's, that's killing you? Because we need to let go of it. I want you guys, seriously, I told you at the beginning, I love you guys. I want the best for you. I want us all to be free. I want us all to be free to just jump in that river and float with a good life jacket, not the one I got down there. I want you guys to have a great time in the Lord. And part of that is letting go of the goofy stuff. So here's what we're going to do. Band's going to play a song. I love this song. Thank you for doing it for me. Appreciate it. It's called Find Me in the River. And as they play, I've got some some tables up here with some little post-it notes on, some pens. And if God brings something to your heart, or maybe you bring something to your own heart, saying, man, I need to let go of that. Maybe something huge, maybe something very small. I invite you to come up, write on a post-it note and stick it to that goofy canoe. Nothing special. Just write it, come in here, stick it on the side, stick it on top, put it on the cup holders, wherever you want it. And let it go. Leave it, you know, it's, it's sitting right at the foot of the cross. Let it go. And then when you leave here today, leave free. Leave free. There will be, it, it's silly. This is, this is a three, and a three inch by three inch piece of paper. Nothing special about it. You can buy them in any staples or whatever, Right? But just the act of writing something on there, sticking and going, okay, God, take it. Let it go. It's powerful. Let's pray. Gracious God, how we love you. How we want to just dwell in the river of your presence. Dwell in the river of your will, your plan for our lives, God. And Father God, I know that there are things that we hold on to. I know there are things I hold on to, Father, that are not blessing you and that are only hurting me. And Father, I I pray that if anyone here is holding on to anything, big, small, it just doesn't matter. I pray that you would just help them to release it this morning so that they can leave here free. So they won't be drowning anymore. Jesus' name. And remember, guys, you may put your thing up there, but when I let go of that canoe, I still had to make it across the river. I didn't do it alone. I had two people. I had to humble myself a little bit and get in that canoe and let them serve me. There's a lot of people in here today. A lot of wonderful people who love Jesus, who love each other. Okay? And uh, so come on up as you feel led. And uh, if there are uh, some of our prayer ministry people, if, uh, if you'd like to take some positions over on our corners here.